Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse and Happy New Year. Jim and I here recording on New Year's Day, a couple days after Roma's defeat to Juventus at the Allianz Stadium. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some transfer rumors and, and look ahead to Roma's first couple matches of the 2024 calendar year. Jim, Happy New Year. How are you doing today? Happy New Year. We're doing this one appropriately late in the day. It's a little bit of, it's around 1130 Eastern time, uh, which I appreciate not getting started too early after being up until like, you know, one in the morning yesterday night. Uh, so Roma, Roma though, I don't know. I feel like we've said this before. Every time that we think that a team is, the team is going to win, they seem to lose. Every time they lose, they, we think we're gonna, they're going to lose, they win. And I don't know, draws just stay draws. I was going into this Juve match being relatively hopeful about Roma's ability to at least score a goal. Maybe that was a little short-sighted, given that Juve has only allowed four goals at their at Allianz the entire season. But I thought Roma could do well, considering how well they did against Napoli. But a 1-0 loss is going to make it that much harder for them to get fourth place, which is a disappointing way to end the year. But, you know, I've still got some hope heading into 2024 that th- this could actually turn into something positive. Yeah, I, I I felt Roma could go there and at least get the draw. Uh, I figured it would be this kind of low-scoring match, 1-0, 1-1, maybe nil-nil type match, which tends to to play out most of the time when Allegri and Mourinho go head-to-head. Outside that one match last uh, two years ago when Roma had that big 3-1 lead at home and blew it and lost 4-3 in the most ridiculous fashion, these matches tend to be low-scoring. You know Juve likes to defend. And, you know They're hard to score against. Um <clears throat> Unfortunately, it's another defeat at the Allianz after we were able to get a, I think it was a 1-1 draw there last season. Um, so not the ideal way to finish off 2023. It does complicate things in the race for top four. I think it dropped Roma to seventh in the table now. Of course, still very close. You know, Bologna drop points. There are teams that drop points. So Roma's still just five points off of Fiorentina, uh, who is the fourth place team, three off of Bologna, who's fifth. 
one off Atalanta, who is sixth, and that's a head-to-head coming up this coming week. So that we'll get into that in a little bit. But Jim, I'm going to read you what Mourinho said about the match, and tell me if you agree if he's trying to maybe sugarcoat things a little bit, which he doesn't tend to do. But tell me if you agree with his assessment. So he was asked about Roma playing with character, uh, but seemed to be lacking the end product. And he said, "That's right. We spoke about that before the match. We actually created more than you'd expect against Juventus as well, because they're like a wall when they defend. They're very compact and very difficult to break down." In the first half, when it was 0-0, we played the better football. We hit the woodwork and carved out two or three dangerous situations. We caused Juve a lot of problems strategically with the positions of Dybala and Bove, fanning out to the left away from Gatti. There weren't many goals because against Juve, if you defend with a low block, they find it hard to create opportunities too. At the start of the second half, we conceded after two deflections from what I could see, and then it obviously became a whole lot more difficult. They sat deeper and formed their wall with players who excel in that sort of scenario. It's a real shame because the result could have been very different. In any case, considering what we prepared for on a tactical, strategic level, I'm very happy with our decision-making and the character we showed. But obviously, when you lose, it's the point you're interested in. So what do you make of Mourinho's assessment, Jim? And and when he talks about that goal, Juve scored, I think it was the 46th or 47th minute, right after halftime. I will say that in the first half of this one, I saw a Roma that looked actually pretty similar to the Roma that played against Napoli. Like, there were some encouraging signs. I didn't think that either we were having a Roma match where they were just, you know, completely bunkering down against Juve. And I didn't see, you know, what people often criticize as like Mourinho ball, where they just play anti-football the entire time. Granted, he was playing against the side, which is also known for anti-football, which I think his comments kind of hinted at, Um, you know, the goal being a strange one with two rebounds. Like I agree, like that was kind of a freak goal that happened. Uh, And it was a bummer that it happened right after the break. For that first 45 minutes, I generally agree that, you know, the team played with character. Um, the tactics seemed to be working and there were scoring opportunities. But, you know, I would say that I think that the biggest difference between Roma and Juventus in terms of mentality is that Juventus does just have something in its DNA compared to Roma where they kind of never say die. And they seem, and, you know, the Fino alla fine kind of vibe. Uh, definitely helps them. We've talked a lot before about how Mourinho has improved the club's mentality during his time here. And I think that hopefully that will continue to be a long-term benefit of Mourinho being at Roma, even if he leaves. Uh, but sometimes you just got to throw your hands up and say, yeah, that was a, that was a cr- crazy goal. I'm disappointed that Roma lost, but I do think that Roma played well, especially in the first half. The first half I was honestly pretty impressed with the side in terms of being able to play up to one of the two best teams in the league uh even if that team hasn't had to worry about european competition this year yeah i I, you know i thought roma played pretty well in the first half you know obviously against you you're not going to create a a whole heck of a lot of chances the the closest they came was that cristante shot which hit a defender and then hit the post and, and just missed i mean you're talking a couple inches to the to the left because he hit the, the right post if you're facing the goal. Um, Roma's up one nothing, And I think it was unfortunate when Juve scored because they scored so early in the second half that it just allowed Juve to sit back and defend. And we couldn't see what Roma was able to create in the second half. You know, first half, 53-47 possession in Roma's favor. The XG favored Juve a little bit because they did have two shots on target at 0.45 to, to 0.23. But I thought the character was there. And I think Dybala was dangerous in that first half. He whipped in, I, I can recall, three or four crosses those in-swinging crosses with his left foot from the the right wing of Roma's attack um 
And there was just nobody there on the back post. Um, Zalewski yeah. wasn't able to get there. Nobody else was really attacking that back post. And, and that, I think, is part of playing that that low block that Rome also played because Mourinho said, you know, it's, it's hard for them to be broken down by that Juve side as well. Juve didn't really break them down much either. It was the, the deflection that caused that goal. And I think that was part of the issue. But, yeah, it's unfortunate Roma didn't get more shots on goal in the first half because I thought they were dangerous. I thought Dybala was pretty – pretty much a bright spot in the first half. Um, and he did create some chances. He he was Roma's highest rated player uh, besides Indica um, in the player ratings of Sofa score of 7.5. Um, Lukaku was kind of quiet. They couldn't get him the ball. I wish some of those crosses were closer to him than maybe back post crosses. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things, like I said, probably first goal wins in this match. It's going to be very hard for yeah. either team to come back and win from down a goal. Maybe you could eke out a draw if you go down. Um and Juve just defends well, and, and that's what happens, especially at home. I mean, Roma was not able to do a whole heck of a lot late in the match. You know, they had their little chances here and there, but in terms of their XG, it was identical first half and second half, uh, 0.23 and, and 0.23. Um, they controlled more possession, um, you know, because Juve allowed them to do that. They had a couple shots on target, but there wasn't much that made you think Roma was going to get that goal. And, and a lot of it comes down to Juventus being Juve, um, defending as well as they do. Some of it comes down to Roma some, not, not being able to create the most all the time. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it, it's one of those matches where you, you, you've seen this show before when you're in Turin and, you know, Roma was able to take four points off him last year, but this just kind of felt like uh, days gone by where Roma plays him hard, but just can't get, get enough to even find the back of the net. Yeah, I 100% agree there. There were definitely a lot of moments, especially in the first half, as you mentioned, where Dybala put in quite a nice ball that either Eduardo Bove or Nikola Zalewski just couldn't get to. Um, there were thing, things felt like they were just a couple feet away from turning into goals there or even good shots on target in the first half multiple times, which is encouraging in the sense that it shows that tactically speaking, it's not like the tactic is broken. It's just, you know, Football is a game of inches, and unfortunately, the inches weren't on Roma's side today. I do think that we should circle back right now and talk about Evan Indica's, Evan Indica's performance, though, because mm-hmm. he did a fantastic job, in my opinion. I think it was probably the best match that I've seen from him in a Roma kit. And I would say that, you know, it was a continuation of his performance against Napoli. He, it, It's fascinating to think about the beginning of the season where not only was he not starting, but he was practically just stuck to the bench for the first month or so of the season. And people were asking, like, you know, you spent all this effort trying to get this guy to come in as a free agent in his prime. Why is he not playing? And Mourinho basically responded, he's not ready for our tactics yet. He's not ready for Mm -hmm. the Italian league yet. He's got fitness, but he doesn't know how to play in the way that we need him to play. And I think that what we've seen as the winter kind of, has worn on is that he's become much better at playing in a Serie A style that he has become kind of a good balance for Gianluca Mancini and Diego Lorente in the defense. And I don't think that I would have thought that Roma's defense would be as strong as it looks um, without Chris Smalling. Like this is, this is a defense without Chris Smalling who has been probably one of the best defenders in Serie A over the past several seasons are maybe one or two guys and yet they're still able to really be a strong defense, which says a lot about the tactics and says a lot about the players. 
Of course, the unfortunate part of Indica finally really coming into form is that all signs point towards him going off to AFCON um, for you know the next month or so. Uh, he is a member of the uh, Ivory Coast uh, national team, and he's a pretty key player in their defense. So, you know, I don't think there's much of a chance of him not going to AFCON. And that'll be a blow for the side for sure, because especially with Smalling MIA, you just got to wonder who's going to be able to slide in. Is it going to be Marash Kambula? Uh, we'll talk about some alternatives that are being floated as you know potential defenders that Roma might sign in January but it does put Roma in a tricky situation the bright side of that is Indica has now made himself enough of a part of the defense that it really does feel like a tricky situation that he's going to be gone for a month you know if he had been playing poorly we'd be like ah good riddance go go off to AFCON please um but we definitely, I, I definitely don't feel that way with him leaving in the next week or so. I, I would assume you feel the same. Yeah, no, I, he's going to be a, a huge, a huge miss for Roma. I mean, he has really settled in, and and at, at the beginning, it was a little bit of a head scratcher, right? Because when he came from Frankfurt on the free, like that was a, a coup for Roma to, to make that signing because he was being tracked by, I believe, Barcelona last last season, where you know they were interested and some other big clubs were interested. And the fact that Roma was able to get him uh, was was impressive, um, definitely considered a very strong signing for Roma. And then you're right. He didn't play much early on. And we're like, well, what's going on? Like, when's this guy getting his chance? Mourinho said the thing about the tactics. And you're wondering, like, is, is it really tactics? Or, like, what's going on here? And it, he's been great. He, he's been absolutely fantastic. Roma's really going to miss him. I mean, you even think back to last week when they beat Napoli. I know Roma was up two men by that point. But the, the run he made to set up the Lukaku goal shows that he can also do other things besides defend. He's going to be a big miss, especially, like you said, with Smalling out. Um, Mancini's been playing through injury. Mourinho has said that a few times. Lorente, yeah. he had a rough match, uh, I thought. Vlaovic really could have done him in in the first half. I mean, there was a one block by Mancini that bailed him out. We almost forgot Indica. I almost forgot he had that header that cleared off the line. I mean, Roma could have been down early. Um, yeah. A couple goals in the first half. And and Lorente got bailed out by his defensive partners. Um but yeah, now you're wondering like how much can Kambula bring? He didn't even get to you know travel to Turin for this one, so he's still not available for matches. Um, I know Mourinho talked about in his pre-match presser when I did the probable formations, uh, working with Zeki Selic a bit in in defense to you know probably play. I'd imagine play one of the maybe the right center back position. Maybe Mancini slides over or Zeki Selic plays in the left center back position because uh, he's not going to play in the middle of the defense. So it really is going to. Um, unless, you know, Roma plays a four-man back line with Selic and he plays a little more defensive role in Zalewski or Spinazzolo pushes the, the left side more. But it's going to be interesting to see how they cope until they can hopefully bring in another center back because that is top of their shopping list. Um, you know, Leo Bonucci, Juve connection here, was heavily linked with Roma. It looked like he was coming over. It looked like it was almost sealed, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered um, for January 1st for today. And then the management decided not to bring him in the stated reason in, in some of the rumors was they didn't want to spend the $2 million on him for the rest of the season. It seems, though, it had more to do with the fans um, from Mourinho's comments pre-match not wanting Bonucci there and, and you know giving the fans a voice. I, I understand Bonucci was a rival for a long time playing on Juve. But to me, you know, considering the situation Roma is in, if, if bringing in Bonucci did not 
particularly exclude bringing a second center back as well, a younger, um, you know, player as well, or even if it did, and it was just Bonucci getting us through January while AFCON is going on and Indica's away and Kambula is getting back to full fitness. I don't see why you don't make that move. And I know there's, there's the possibility of bringing other players in, and I'm sure they'll bring in somebody, but from a fan perspective, I, I don't get it. He's not a lot. He didn't play for Lazio. You know, he's not like coming over from Lazio or something. I understand we don't like Juve, you know, but he's a player who's got a winning mentality. He's won with Italy. He's won with Juve. He's an experienced defender. He's not in the his best form right now at, I think he's 36 or so. But to get you through a month or two and then spot start for the last four months of the season, five months of the season, I think he could do worse, especially when it's only a six-month contract. It's not like there's any obligation for next season with him. You know, can come in, teach the young players a little something. Uh, in training, things like that. I, I don't know. To me, that feels like a small club mentality from some of the fans. I understand why management wouldn't want to ruffle feathers because they're, they're in pretty good graces with the fans right now, even without champions of qualification the last few years. But I don't know. I, I just feel like Bonucci, I don't think it would have been that bad of a signing. I think it was a shot Roma should have taken. Um, the, the fan mentality of not bringing him in, if it's for not for like tactical reasons or you think he's washed, if it's because you just – don't like him because he played for you, but I think, I think it's silly. Yeah. I mean, I think that maybe one factor here is that outside of Lazio, I'd probably put Juventus as enemy number two in most modern Roma fans, you know, list of rivals. The Derby del Sole obviously has meaning, but Napoli, I just, I think that a lot of people for the 20, the 2010s were thought of as Roma versus Juventus for the majority of that decade. And I think that, Bonucci was a massive part of that. And when you add in the fact that, you know, there were plenty of players, including, you know, players who are still at Juventus, like Chesney, who were key players for Roma and then moved on to Juventus, kind of leaving Roma in a lurch. Uh, there's a, a decent amount of bad blood between Roma and Juventus at this point. And I guess I would say that I understand a fan who's like, why would I want this guy who was a key reason why Juventus continually took our lunch money for a decade straight uh, on our team. That's not really my opinion. Uh, I'm more of the opinion that he's 36 and I, he's been in poor form in the Bundesliga. I don't know if he's going to just be able to fall right in to Serie A defending again and being good. Uh, he has, he's, he's not the Bonucci that was the Bonucci of you know, the 2010s. He's, he's pretty past it at this point. I would have been fine with the transfer overall, but just to me, I'd, I'm hopeful that we can bring in someone who's a little bit more promising in a long-term sense. Cause I don't think that a six month solution is probably the wise thing to do, especially with as many question marks as we have around Chris Smalling. Like if we bring in Bonucci for six months, we then get rid of Bonucci in July and then probably do the same with Chris Smalling. Then we need to bring in two new defenders or really cross our fingers that Marash Kambula becomes a good good defender. Um, Mourinho has hinted that Zeki Celik will be used as a center back uh, going forward until they bring in another defender, uh, whether that's Arthur Tead or uh, Trevor Chalaba uh, from Chelsea. Uh, those are the two big names that I feel like we've been seeing a lot in the rumor mill recently, uh, being tied to Roma outside of Benucci. So I'm hopeful that one of those loan moves can come relatively quickly just because I think Chelik is a fine defender. Not great, but fine. 
but I don't really think that center back is where he is supposed to play. Yeah, fact, probably, you have to I'd play be, him at center back for a month. Like that's <laughs> you're playing that's with tough. fire, I think, right? I, I'd be much more likely to just say, "Hey, Brian Cristante, you've done it before. Let's do it again," and put him in at um, at the center back because we've seen him do a pretty decent job at center back for Roma before. So I'd, I'd much rather see that happen than Chelik. Uh, but also, I don't think that that's really what you want either. As we know, uh, Cristante is amenable to playing in a bunch of positions, but that doesn't mean that he's at his best uh, playing out of position. So we'll see. Uh, I understand why the ownership wouldn't want to mess with the fans, not only because they are in a good spot, but because, with the fans, but because they're in a good spot, despite, you know, definitely not playing up to expectations. I think that nobody would have thought that the fans would be as happy as they are if Roma was in seventh place after 18 match days. Granted, that's seventh in a league where there's a huge amount of parity compared to what we were talking about even two or three years ago. The gap between fourth and seventh is only five points. Um, and that means that, you know, things go right for Roma against Atalanta, Milan, and Verona, that we could be looking at a Roma that is comfortably in the top four. Uh, Still, I would imagine that a major factor for management was like, well, the fans still seem to really like us, and they seem to be really happy with Mourinho. We shouldn't do anything to rock the boat there, given that they could just be upset because of the poor form overall. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get from their perspective. I just hope that Rome is able to bring somebody in in the not too distant future, right? Like it's January 1st, the window opens today officially. Like Roma needs to bring somebody in quickly. Like I don't expect somebody to be here for Adelante on the weekend and ready to play Adelante on the weekend, but Milan's next weekend. Like it's not like you have a, a, a break, right? Like you need somebody in here, hopefully who's ready to play and start, I think against Milan. Um, because you really don't want to have to mess around with the midfield by moving Cristante back. Um, that's not ideal. You don't want to have to, play Selic in a back three for too long if you don't have to. You know, like, Adelante and Milan are, are two winnable games for Roma, but they're also two very losable games for Roma that could really derail the top four race if they lose them both, I feel like. Um, yeah. And that's where Roma's got to be careful. Um, but, so this Teate, I, I just looked back. I completely forgot. He played for Bologna a couple seasons ago as a 21-year-old and has been playing with Stad Rent for the last couple seasons. Um you know, looking at the reference, if Rome was able to bring him in on loan, that would be a pretty good move for a 23-year-old player who uh, his his numbers across the top five leagues in terms of, like, passing and things like that are very impressive. His progressive passing per 90 is uh, in the 97th percentile. Progressive carries 83rd, um, you know, pass completions above the 80th percentile. So that that's pretty good for a center back. His overall, like, tackle numbers and things like that aren't very impressive. I mean, that can vary based on how the team, you know, tactically positions you, if you have to make a lot of tackles, things like that. So that that can vary. But he seems to be a pretty good ball-playing center back from his numbers. I don't remember his game too much from the Bologna days a couple of seasons ago because he was a young, younger player. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to get Stad Rent to loan him out when he started 14 of their matches already this season. That's, that's more than half their matches. That's pretty close to all their league matches. So you wonder how amenable Stavran will be to loan him out unless Roma attaches some kind of 
purchase clause or something to it, you'd think, because they're not going to want to just loan out a guy who started 14 matches ready for, for nothing, I would think. Um, that could be that could be a stumbling block. So we'll see. Chalaba, of course, hasn't played at all for Chelsea this season, which makes me think that might be the more likely move in the end, just because Roma Chelsea seem to have pretty good relations from the, the Abraham move, the Lukaku move, and some other moves in, in the not-so-distant past. And I think that might play out a little bit easier if you're trying to get a loan. We'll see. Um, but I think Roma needs to get somebody in quickly, um, hopefully by next week, and if not sooner, because Roma's got a, a you know fairly busy stretch coming up. I mean, Copa Italia Wednesday, Cremonese, and then it's Atalanta, and then it's Milan, and then you know hopefully by then somebody settled in and, and really you know part of the squad. But um, let's move on to the Copa, Jim. Cremonese, uh, <laughs> they are sixth in Serie B right now. There are some. Familiar names on the roster. Felix Afenijan is there still. Remember, Roma sold him there after he he injured uh, Winhaldum last year in training. Franco Vasco yeah. and Vasquez, former Palermo guy, played in La, La Liga for a while after that. Um, uh, Massimo Coda has nine goals for them. He, he's got some steady experience. I saw our old friend Andrea Bertolacci also on the squad. Um, a couple other names that you would recognize from just watching Cremonese and Serie A the past couple of years are still around. Um, I don't know. What do you what do you make of this? Because this is one of those squads that we know just not too long ago knocked Roma out of the Coppa Italia last January second, and now they play them on January third. Like, is this going to be a repeat? Is Roma going to dominate a match and then lose two one to a a Serie a B side, or is Roma actually going to get the job done this time and make it to the quarterfinals and set up a, a match against Lazio? God, I hope not, but it would be pretty poetic um, if we lost to Cremonese again. So, you know, never say never. Uh, that was still probably one of the most head-scratching losses that I've seen Roma have in the past several seasons. Probably that and the Bodo match, if we're being honest, yeah. uh, are the two that I was just like, what the hell happened there? Um, Cremonese, lost to Cremonese I, twice last year, too, I just realized. They lost him in the league also. Yeah, it was... I don't really know what happened there. Cremonese is fifth in Serie B right now. So it's not like, you know, they're doing well in Serie B. Does that mean that they're probably going to get promotion? No, it looks like Parma, uh, Venezia, and Como are the sides that are most in line to be getting a promotion for next season. But at the same time, I think you wouldn't be much of a Roma fan if you didn't get a pit in your stomach when you figured out that Cremonese was going to be our opponent in the round of 16. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope I, I, I can't, I, I really don't have much to say about this match beyond I am worried. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not like a reasonable worry. It's, you know, it's a, it's a false expectation that Cremonese, a Serie B side will actually give Roma a headache again, after giving them so much of a headache last season when they were pretty terrible in Serie A, but at the same time, you know, this is Roma we're talking about. Roma has a tendency to play down to the competition. And it sure seems like the uh, side last season definitely had a uh, had the ability to <laughs> give Roma headaches. Um, granted, you know, this is a new manager. Uh, this guy, uh, Giovanni Stroppa, it was uh, only became Cremonese's manager this year. So for all we know, you know, the... The Cremonese uh, side is no longer going to be our uh, going to be the monkey on our back. Ballardini 
uh, was sacked uh, before this. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't have much comment on this Copa match other than, gee, I hope we don't lose again to them because that would be pretty embarrassing. Yeah, the, the, it, it does make me nervous, and naturally, because we've seen Roma get knocked out by, by Spezia in the Copa, right, in, in the not-too-distant past. Obviously, Cremonese last year was absolutely mind-boggling, right? I remember yeah. I remember, I had to bring my car in for an oil change today, I was, and I you know, I dropped it off for work, I pick it up, I'm sitting there waiting for the car to be ready, it was getting some kind of service done, and I'm watching it on my phone, I'm just like, how is Roma not winning this match? Like, I just remember, like, that vibrantly remembering this because I remember where I was, how it played out. And I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Like this is typical Roma in a match like this. Yeah. And if they were to, if they were to do it again, it'd be in some ways unforgivable, especially coming off the loss to Juve. The one yeah. thing that makes me nervous too, though, is, is, you know, he's going to want to rotate Mourinho in this one to some extent. Um, yeah. You know, I'm looking at the problem formations given out right now by Voce Gela Rosa and he, they've got Svilar playing, which makes sense. Then the back line of Selly, Cristante, Lorente, uh, Carsdor, Bove, Paredes, Pellegrini, El Shari, Asmuna, Bellotti, which, you know, from the midfield forward isn't isn't too too bad. You know, you've got a couple strikers who should be able to score on a set of B side. You've got some midfielders who should be able to dictate play. But then you, you look at the back line and you're like, we're playing, uh, you know, a three, three-man back line with a, a right back, a central midfielder, and, and our one center back because he's going to want to rest Mancini. Um He's going to want to rest some of these players. So we'll see what happens. Um, that doesn't mean that's necessarily going to be the, the starting lineup, but it, it gives you an indication of what we're looking at. Um, yeah. Cremonese has got players like Vasquez and Okareke. We, we remember Okareke from uh, Serie A last year. Uh, Gileonic, some of those type of players. It uh, doesn't look like any of the former Roma players are going to be starting, but, um, you know, uh, you never know. <laughs> Fenejan off the bench, it always... It always worries me when there's that X player on the on the other side, especially a younger player who's got something to prove. It it does make me a little little wary. Yeah, um, I I'm still kind of surprised that Afenagian is playing in Serie B. Like, I mean, I I think he's got a decent amount of talent. Uh, he has not been very successful with Cremonese, um, but for again, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to be uh, too much of a I don't want to either sound overconfident against Cremonese or underconfident because, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a Serie Bay side. But, yeah, I'll, I just have a pit in my, my stomach about this one uh, more than anything else. And maybe that's because I've been hurt before uh, and I don't want to get hurt again. I, I think we're just but, conditioned to it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like we've been we've, – ever since I started writing for CDT, we've been talking about trying to get that 10th Copa Italia. And so at this point – the only time I'm going to actually start entertaining that as a possibility is once Roma is in the final up two goals with 30 seconds left in stoppage time. Like that's, yeah. that's about it. Cause yeah. Roma and like we, we talked before about how the next round would most likely be a derby. And do I think Roma could beat Lazio in the next round of the Copa? Like without a doubt, for sure. I don't think that Lazio really has the quality that Roma has this season. Just put simply. But at the same time, I've just decided to give up on believing in Roma and the Copa Italia, regardless of who the manager is, regardless. Like, I have more confidence of Roma in European competitions than the Copa Italia at this point. And I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully uh, hopefully Roma gets this job done and then they, they can build a little momentum heading into Sunday. So let's wrap there, Jim. 
It's uh, it's Roma Atalanta from the Olimpico. I mean, this to me becomes a must win. I, I know we might be short a defender and they're going to might have to improvise by then uh, until somebody gets brought in. But to me, you have to beat Atalanta. Atalanta has also been pretty inconsistent this season. Uh, Roma is a point behind them in the table. I mean, for Roma, with Milan looming next weekend away, I, I think this has to be a win. You have to take care of business against Atalanta. Aside with a very similar goal-scoring record to Roma this year, if you, if you look at it, it's actually pretty interesting. Roma's 30 scored, 20 conceded. Atalanta 29 scored, 20 conceded. A point separating them because Atalanta um, has a couple – has one more win. Roma has two more draws. So it comes out to a one-point difference in the table. I think Roma – needs this match. I mean, is there any other way to, to look at it than this is a must win at home? I mean, Roma tends to be better at home. Mourinho admitted that himself in his post-match press conference. I, can, can you see any result besides a win being a positive for Roma in this one? Oh, no, definitely not. Um, it's okay to lose. Like, as much as I wanted Roma to win against Juventus, they're not the first good side to lose 1-0 to Juventus at Allianz this season, and they won't be the last. Um, losing to Atalanta, who... I don't know. They just don't really have the juice this season as much as they have before. Uh, I I would be really disappointed, and I think that it would probably – I'm not going to say that it would make it impossible for Roma to get top four, but it really would make it that much harder. Um, yeah. Roma's only one point behind them right now, so th- this match would be a really great way to leapfrog one of your opponents in possibly a pretty permanent way. Uh, and, I mean, we saw Bologna is not – you know, invincible either. They've they had some really great performances against Atlanta, against Inter, and against us. But then they lost three 0 to Udinese uh, on the thirtieth. So this really does seem like a season where if if Roma loses these matches against Atlanta, uh, it will not bode well for their ability to actually compete for top four going forward. And this is a side that needs to get top four plain and simple, or else they will be hitting the reset button in a couple months. I, I agree. I think this is, you know, like you said, a lot of teams can go to, to Juve and lose one nothing. To me, in the, the three matches that were remaining, heading into that Juve match in this tough stretch, that was the most acceptable one to lose because where Juve's in the table, what Juve's been able to do this year and how tough they are at home. I think this match against Atalanta has to be a win, and, and going to Milan and getting a result would be big um, because Milan's been shaky themselves. Uh, one nothing win this past weekend. To me, if Roma can get two back-to-back wins, which might be asking a lot of this Roma side, we don't know because they're so inconsistent and really Napoli's the only side they've really beaten this year that's got any kind of European aspirations. But two wins and, you know, you're right back in the mix and you, you're in the mix maybe even for top three, possibly. Um, yeah. I mean, that's how tight this this cable yeah. is outside of Inter and Juve. Like, this, I think that, you know, the gap between Roma and, and Milan right now, eight points, uh, that was often what the gap was between first place Juventus and second place Roma in the 2010s. Like this is yeah. pretty, it, it, people are, I think people forget just how imbalanced Serie A was for much of the 2010s to Roma's advantage, honestly. Uh, but at the same time, it's now to Roma's advantage that it's this tight um, because obviously Roma is in this group of clubs from third to honestly, ninth, uh, who all have the potential to be top four. And that means that in a prior season, we're having this point total uh, heading into the new year. would probably have meant kissing European football goodbye for next season. 
now it seems pretty much anybody's guess who's going to be top four, which is a benefit for Roma. Yeah, yeah, Roma, Roma is um, the perfect example of the inconsistencies of the league, but they it also bodes well for them because as inconsistent as they have been, so have Napoli, Lazio, uh, Atalanta, and, and even Milan to some extent. So it, it is wide open. It's a big week coming up for Roma. I think this is a great place to leave it. Hopefully we'll be back next week talking about moving on to the quarterfinals of the Copa and, and setting up that derby in the, the quarterfinals. Um, and then talking about a win against Atalanta and Roma climbing back up into the top six and eventually maybe further uh, in a couple weeks' time. So, Jim, anything you want to leave the listeners with before we uh, we head out with our first episode of uh, 2024? Uh, we did a poll for New Year's Eve uh, on CDP about how people were feeling about the state of Roma heading into 2024, um, asking if Roma's heading in the right direction. 20% said, I have full faith in the club leadership. We're headed in the right direction. 24% said, doubtful. The negatives outweigh the positives and something must change. 12% said, no, they need a hard reset, new players, new leaders, and a new direction. And 45% said, it's a mixed bag, but there is room for growth. And honestly, heading into 2024, that's how I feel about Roma. Uh, you'd be crazy to not acknowledge as a good thing that Roma has been getting to European Cup finals every single year under Mourinho. I'm not that worried about Roma's ability to get to the Europa League final this season. I think that's a perfectly achievable goal as well. And if we've learned anything from last year's final, it's that once you get there, it's basically a coin flip. Uh, so I could see, even with Roma's poor form to start this season, Roma in, being in the hunt for Champions League football through two different avenues this year. One, by winning Europa League. One, by being in top four football. Uh, do I think that's guaranteed to happen? No, and I think there's a lot of room for growth. But I think that people should feel at least cautiously optimistic heading into this year. Uh, I think if you had asked people three years ago what the odds are would have been of us having Romelu Lukaku and Paolo Dybala on this side, they probably would have said next to none. And that alone is, you know, cause for optimism in my mind. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic heading into this year, and I hope most Romanisi are too. Yeah, I agree. I, I would fall into that same mixed bag category. So hopefully the mixed bag starts to, to turn into more positives for Roma, and uh, we have a lot of good things to talk about here and, and write about on the site. So thanks again for listening. Happy New Year again, and we'll catch you guys next week.